on BYU Sports Nation. The West Coast Conference preseason polls and teams are out. Where did the Cougars land? The one and only Blaine Fowler joins us in studio. What's it going to take for BYU football to run the table? And what's the chance Remington Peck catches a touchdown before Devon Blackman? Let's go. This, this is BYU, BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, October 27th, Jerem Jordan alongside the BYU Sports Nation hireling, Jason Shepard. I like it. I like that a lot. What's up, man? We've never done a show together. No. The we've last known each t- other for a while. We, we've known each other for years. Yeah. And the first time we've ever done a show, the last time I filled, on, filled in on this show, I filled in for you, and that was the first time that I had ever done a show with Spencer. Yeah, so show number two, I believe, and hope, hopefully yeah. more in the future. Fantastic I hope so. stuff. I hope so. If you missed this, uh, this, this is, you, you got to know this. Before Friday's women's volleyball match, which is live on BYU TV at 7 Eastern time, by the way, Cougar Tales will be $1 prior to that match. Now, recently, this has been a thing uh, on the show. Of course, Mitch Matthews and Nick Kurtz shared a Cougar Tale in the spring, live on BYU TV in the <laughs> background. Okay, And then Tijon Karoma was caught uh, in the second half consuming a Cougar Tale on the sideline. It was that uh, engaging of a game. So all three of those guys responded to a BYU Sports Nation tweet which said, attention, Tijon Karoma, Mitch Matthews, Nick Kurtz, Cougar Tales will be sold for a dollar prior to vo- Friday's uh, women's volleyball match. So Tijon Karoma responded by saying, so n- say no more, I'm in there. Mitch Matthews, the elite one, responded, I, not a word more, we in there, Cougar Tales gonna get took. This is 2015, I guess. And Nick Kurtz responded, tails on me. So all three of those guys will be there for Friday's match. Now, I believe this is while supplies last. So, oh, f- for sure. So if yeah. the football team is going to be showing up for the Cougar Tails, <laughs> if there's not more incentive to make sure you get there for these, that would be it. Pictures, autographs, I'm sure, from those guys. Tijon Chroma will uh, bench press you, you know, what, whatever you would like. $1 Cougar Tails prior to Friday's match. When, I heard, when I heard about this, when, with Tijon Chroma <laughs> eating it on the sideline, I was immediately, wasn't it Mark Sanchez who was caught eating a hot dog on the sidelines? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Maybe right after the butt fumble, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's reset uh, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you missed it, the men's hoops team picked to finish second behind, behind Gonzaga. No big story there. That's the way life is right now. In the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll, BYU did get one vote. I believe it was Mark Few. He couldn't vote for his own team. Both Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher were named to the all-WCC preseason team as well. And like the men's team, the women's hoop team also finished second in the WCC preseason coaches poll behind Gonzaga. They also had two preseason all-WCC team members, Lexi Eaton-Ridalch and Kylie Maeda, received the honors on the women's side. More on men's hoops and Gonzaga in a moment. Bronco Mendenhall says Sione Takitaki could maybe be eligible after the winter semester if everything goes perfect. Also, this came out about five minutes ago. Missouri quarterback Matty Mauk has been reinstated by Missouri. Why do you think they did that, Jim? No touchdowns the last three weeks. <laughs> hmm. Matty Mauk reinstated. Maybe we should get a quarterback that can throw some touchdowns. And Alani Fua, former Cougar, had a solo tackle in last night's Arizona Cardinals win over the Ravens. Cardinals win 26-18. to 
And it was funny, on that final drive, which would have tied the game for the Ravens, I couldn't help but thinking, as Joe Flacco's trying to find receivers, how Dennis much he Pitta. probably would have loved to have Dennis Pitta on the field. Yeah, Dennis Pitta needs to get back. He's a good player. Hopefully he does. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Day. Cougars and Zags, year five. BYU is again the preseason pick, Jason, for second in the West Coast Conference. Now, now the question is, has the gap narrowed? Is this the year BYU takes down Gonzaga? And that brings us to today's Twitter question. Twitter question, what does BYU need to do to win the WCC regular season championship? Hashtag beat the Zags. <laughs> beat the Zags. Blatant uh, <laughs> I mean, shots in Spokane. You asked, you asked the question, you think the gap is narrowed. I think that the gap is narrowed. And, and I think that it's for a couple of different reasons. I, I don't think that Gonzaga is the team that they were last year. Certainly not. That was their best team ever. It, right? was, the, it was their best team. Yeah, yeah, it was their best team ever. You, and I understand BYU lost Tyler Haas too, but you know Gonzaga lost a guy like Kevin Pangos, who was Mr. Reliable, was always there. Not to say they still don't have talent. And this is a team that constantly brings in new talent. But it's not just because of that. I just love BYU's personnel this year. Mm -hmm. I like how BYU is situated in terms of depth. And again, you never know how injuries are going to play a role or if they will. Hopefully they don't for yeah. BYU. And they did last year. They expected to play that season with Jamal Aitz and Nate Austin. Yeah, I, All I, of a sudden you're a guard uh, kind of team. Yeah, And at the end of the year, some of the freshmen played well, but it's a different kind of group. I just like what BYU can throw at teams like Gonzaga. And, and Gonzaga in, in the past, one of the reasons they've been so good is, regardless of who they've got on the floor, the, the talent drop-off doesn't happen. You know, it's not so evident. Yeah. And with, with what BYU can bring now, they can bring fresh bodies that should be able to make – Guys like Sabonis and Karnowski and Wiltshire maybe work a little bit more on the defensive end instead of being able to just go focus on their offense. Yeah, Gonzaga's certainly talented. I, I think until BYU takes down Gonzaga, it's Gonzaga's conference, right? BYU rents space on the land that Gonzaga owns. And I think from the fan perspective, when BYU left the Mountain West Conference, Jimmer Fredette was the National Player of the Year, just went to the Sweet 16, just hammered Gonzaga, and St. Mary's earlier in the year hit a big shot to beat them. BYU fans thought, oh, this is we're going to own this conference. BYU has yet to win a league title in the regular season or tournament. I think that will change and soon. I'm not sure about this year. I still think it's Gonzaga's championship to lose but I think in the next couple of seasons with BYU's increase in talent starting this year that all of a sudden the gap narrows a little bit and now if the rest of the league can beat up Gonzaga a little bit now BYU's got a shot to win a league title which brings us uh, to a bigger point which is the point of the season is to go as far as you can in the NCAA tournament and that is our stat of the day That's the music for you to. That was that, that yeah. was that Norm was the cue. Normally there's normally there's music today. Today that's going to come from me. Okay, okay I, yeah. I, was, I yeah. just thought that maybe you know you were just <laughs> singing along. I just wasn't hearing the music. I know it was weird. Okay, so today's <laughs> today's stat of the day: BYU hasn't been a single-digit NCAA tournament seed since joining the West Coast Conference. Now, interesting. Okay, five of the first eight seasons for Dave Rose, BYU was a single-digit seed in the tournament. And what's the key to winning in the NCAA tournament? getting the best seed you can, getting a good matchup. When BYU went to the Sweet 16, they were a three seed. Do you remember the seeds they played? 
11 and 14. 11 and 14! You're supposed to win those games. Those were favorable matchups. BYU wins those games, and they go to the Sweet 16. To me, that's the key. And you do the, And before that, you have a great regular season, great tournament, and then you get a single-digit seed. I think this team is capable of being a single-digit seed, an 8 or a 9. I, I don't disagree with you. It's all about stacking the deck in your favor. That's, that is as much uh, of importance as how you play in the games. It, because you, if you get a favorable seed, you know, your chances increase significantly. I think it gives you a confidence boost. Well, we're, we're the higher seed. We should win. I think, it, I think that adds to it. And, and that's something that has been lacking over the last couple of years since they joined this conference, since Jimmer and the Sweet 16 run. That, that's just one of those things that hopefully and, – and I, I think that the makeup of this team with, with it being balanced – and it's so funny to talk about this when you lose the, the school's all-time leading scorer that, that you may have the opportunity to exceed what the team did last year. We didn't discuss that after Jimmer. We kn- no. For it, that, we knew there would be a drop-off. The sky was falling. Yeah. It's like how in the world do you replace a team with Jimmer? You just went to the Sweet 16. And Jackson Emery. And, and, and the Jackson best Emery. The backcourt you've ever had. And, and it's, it's funny to talk about it that way, losing Tyler. But I, I just like the way that this team is set up. Because regardless of who they have on the floor, you should be able to have a guy that can handle the ball, a guy that can shoot, and scoring Collins in the post. Fisher, Davis. Yeah. I mean, the, it, Slash eights. Regardless, Slash of what the line, what, regardless of the lineup, you should be able to have somebody out there that can handle the ball, score, and score in the post and defend, regardless of who's out there. It's about matchups. It really is. And if BYU can hang with Gonzaga, they can hang nationally because Gonzaga is the Boise State of men's hoops. Now, Boise State having a bit of a, a down year this year, and let's see how they rebound. But the consistency with winning, the winning the big games, the getting to the Sweet 16s, winning in the NCAA tournament, Gonzaga is the goal. Gonzaga is the goal for BYU. And luckily, they get to play them twice, hopefully three times every single season. And then you get a gauge against these guys. Now, BYU has superstar power, which I like. Kyle Collinsworth is on this team, one of those two players, along with Chase Fisher, on that preseason West Coast Conference team. Those two guys are legit. The two clear best players on the team. But I I like what you're saying. And there's still some unknown. I think we're assuming a lot with certain guys like Kyle Davis, 9-6 and six guy at Utah State, redshirt last year. I think he could be a double-double guy. Jamal Ates, we've heard he's talented. We've seen him practice. We've seen him play in boom shakalaka. It was a year ago tomorrow that we found out he was out for the year. We're still waiting to see what sophomore Jamal Ates can do. Nate Austin provides glue, fifth-year senior, hustler, extra possessions. Does Corbin Kafusi make the leap? Does Jake Toulson take a step forward? How good can Nick Emery be right away? Lots of good, talented youth, but there are still uh, questions to be answered for this team. Yeah, we're projecting quite a bit. We're projecting on what these guys have done either um, at previous schools or we're projecting what they did in high school in the case of, of Nick Emery and Zach Selius and guys like that. But the talent's there. Talent is not going to be a problem with this team. This team has plenty of talent. And, and I, I do like – I just like the options that Dave Rose and his coaching staff have. I, I think you're right. I think the sea level has been raised. So we're not, we're not sure the dips and peaks and valleys of that, but we see more guys more capable. So last year BYU was throwing out, you know, Ryan Andrus against Gonzaga on the road, a true freshman who makes two free throws and plays good defense and 
Isaac Nielsen and Frank Bartley. And some of these guys were getting notable minutes. And this year, I think you just have uh, guys that have been there a little long. Kyle Davis is a junior. Nate Austin's a fifth-year senior. You've got, uh, of course, Collinsworth and Fisher. So I, I like this group. And then, and then you think, okay, what, what does Zach Selyus do? What does... Uh, you know, Corey Calvert, what does he, Jordan Chapman, what does he bring to the table? So do our Twitter question today, again, uh, what does BYU need to do to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Greg Rosenhan, Han, get football to, to a Power 5 conference and take the other teams with them so we don't have to play Gonzaga or play better defense. <laughs> <laughs> I think BYU is a better defensive team this year. And Power 5, you worry about that later. Uh, Dave Rose would certainly, and the program would certainly benefit from that. But West Coast Conference, it's a top 10 conference. You get the Zags every year. It's a compelling set of games. I just wonder how much that win in Spokane will carry over Mm. to this season. I I just think that was such a confidence-boosting win, not just for that team, but for the program. And it also kind against of, their best team against, ever. Against their best team. And I it, was there. It cost me my hair. <laughs> I know the significance. Hair. It's it's funny that you bring up the hair uh, because uh, this uh, this tweet coming in uh, from uh, Kalen Osborne says, "I'll hair bet you on BYU not winning the regular season WCC title." No, I'm not saying you're, anything you're not relative going, to my hair. You ever are not again. going down that road. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but people all the time. Hey, when are you going to shave your head again? Never, never. Even if it meant that BYU could win in Spokane. Why aren't you no, taking that's for the not t- worth it. It'd be more like Elite Eight or something crazy. <laughs> no, don't get me to say anything. Stop. Coming up, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler's in studio. Is anything less than 9-3 and three in football at the end of the regular season a disappointment? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Don't forget, tonight is Inside BYU Football. You can check it out here right on uh, BYU TV, 7.30 Eastern time tonight. Should be should be a fun one, uh, an interesting game with Wagner, a lot of run for the backups. Check that out tonight. Today's Twitter question, what does BYU need to do to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship? At YFangirl underscore JB. Defense and rebounding, no injuries and staying healthy. Kyle needs to play. Did I say defense and rebounding? <laughs> yeah, I, if BYU is a little bit better defensively, I think they'll be a lot better as a team. Well, there's no question about it. And, you know, I think the, the added depth and just the sheer number of bodies uh, down in the post, and I'm just talking about the post, we could, you can get better defense on the perimeter as well, but I think just the sheer number of people that hopefully stay healthy that you can throw at the opposition should help on defense and rebounding. Definitely important, and that changed the season. Uh, last year, BYU was expecting Austin and Eights to be on the team and uh, healthy. Now joining us, Blaine Fowler, Uncle B in studio. Blaine bringing his shirt game strong yet again. Is that Peach? Peach is the peach is the color. Did, now did and you, I know that because Brenda told me. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. did you know that prior to putting it on? No. Well, I just you know everybody gets on me about what I wear, but I'm colorblind, <laughs> and so so I just wear whatever Brenda puts out. Are you seriously colorblind? Because yeah, well, no, I can tell that this is. I thought it was orange. <laughs> oh, orangeish. Is it orangeish? Yeah. It's orange. So yeah. I, I'm like colorblind people. You know, when you have when you're colorblind, it doesn't mean you can't see. Like I can tell there's red in that. Yeah, I sure hope that, that, that a 30 year right analyst there. Blaine Fowler isn't uh, can see. Yeah, no, I can see. I'm not blind. I'm just colorblind. So certain colors just all blend in, all blend in together, like grays and browns and. 
greens, and they all just look the same to me. Yeah, exactly. So, so when I wear a red tie, we've gone through this. Yeah, we talked about I, last I only, week. In fact, on the I show, you wore red, wear and I said just for Cardinal. I do They're, not yeah. wear not crimson. crimson. Yeah, I only crimson. wear Cardinal. I'm glad that we could get that. And by clear. the way, <laughs> we yeah. get that clear. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about what happened Saturday uh, for BYU. What did what did you see out of the quarterbacks that made you think, okay, they got better as a group? It it was just really good to see the younger guys play. And when I say the younger guys, like what Tanner's not a younger guy. He's yeah. a younger guy too. And everybody thought that he would play a quarter. But we knew he would play more because he's still a young quarterback in terms of development. You and just so, wondered about the hamstring. Yeah, and he looked pretty good. I, they they weren't afraid to roll him out to do some play action uh, where he booted out outside, and he's looking like it's pretty sound. They had the thing taped up. I think he knew what he could do without hurting it. Surprised, though, that he got as many series as he did? Actually, I, I thought that he would get close to a half you know, because he needs reps. Every rep that he gets as a young quarterback, he's going to get better. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot. His skill set, so just the ability to drop back, have good footwork, throw the football with velocity, uh, be accurate. I mean, he's just got that. He just has it. But every opportunity he has to see a defense, to recognize it quicker, to get the ball up quicker – is a benefit to BYU and a benefit to him uh, in the long term. And so I, I expected to see him play more than everybody I talked to last week. You know, they'd say, well, what do you think? Tanner with that hamstring going to play a couple of series and that's it. And I'm thinking, no, he he needs time. He needs time to be able to get better. And so this was a good opportunity. This was like a scrimmage for him where they knew he wasn't going to get hit much and he'd have an opportunity to make more and more reads. He's getting better every week. His his ability to get the ball up on time and recognize defenses and get the ball out gets better every single solitary week. And that's the only thing that really needs to get better for this young. I mean, we call him a young guy. He's a return missionary. He's 22. 22 years old. But when, when we talk about young, we're talking about young in terms of experience. Yeah. And so he he is getting better every week, and it's crazy how good he is right now. I was impressed with what I saw out of Bo Hodge. And I think one of the biggest things for him was that you know he had more prep time during the week. He took more reps with the first-team guys. And so he went in feeling much more comfortable. And, and I know Bronco alluded to this um, in postgame where he was talking about that, that third or fourth series, you could really see the light come on and, and something click with him, especially in the passing game. I was impressed with the progression I saw. Yeah, and I don't know that people – knew how good his arm was. He has a very, very good arm. He can make all of the throws. Um, he, he came in, and I think his reputation was, well, he's a really good athlete. BYU can run the Taysom Hill offense with Bo Hodge in there. So when you hear that, you immediately think, oh, he's a running guy. And not necessarily. I mean, threw for over 3,000 yards in high school. Yeah, he ran for about 1,000 as well. So he's a true dual-threat guy, but he comes with a very good skill set be able to throw the football. We finally got a chance to see that in a game. We've seen it in practice. We know he can throw it. Um, and for him, it is just a matter of getting a bunch of reps because they were so busy uh, fashioning the offense to fit Taysom Hill and then trying to get Tanner Mangum as the backup reps during fall camp that Bo Hodge didn't get a lot. He got some, but not a ton. And so you're right, this last week, Shep, he, he had a chance to get reps, get comfortable in the offense, and the coaching staff had a chance to say, okay, this kid's going to play this week, so if he's going to play this week, what plays is he most comfortable with? How do we tweak the offense just a little bit to fit his skill set? And we saw a lot more zone read plays, the option plays, to take advantage of his ability to run the football. Um, so he's... And Bronco said this um, when Dave and I 
talked to him on Friday on our pregame meeting with with Coach Mendenhall. He said that that Hodge, there's two different offenses that they would run because there's an offense that they run for Tanner Mangum, which is a drop back type of an offense, and then there's an offense that they run if Bo Hodge is in there, which is very similar to the offense they would run with Taysom Hill in there. So he's more similar to Taysom than Tanner is. I'll take either of them. They're just fine. Yeah, both both super talented and Bo Hodge uh, needing to be a capable backup just in case uh, for BYU. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation. By week, then at San Jose State, Missouri neutral, sort of, in Kansas City, Fresno State at home, and then Utah State on the road. What chance would you give BYU to finish November undefeated? I, they should be favored in every game. If they play the way they're capable of playing and manage turnovers, because you lose games when you're a favorite by turning the football over. And so they've got they've got an opportunity to run the table. I will not be surprised if they win out and end up ten and two. Won't surprise. Wouldn't that be wild? Ten and two this season, freshman we, quarterback. We this schedule. All said at the beginning of the year when we thought Taysom Hill was the quarterback, that if they went ten and two with that September schedule, that we'd all be just thrilled. And then, you know, you get the injury to to Taysom, and you get Tanner playing quarterback, and you're thinking, wow, now. You know, nine and three, eight and four, it might be okay. Let them mess up a little bit. Yeah, you know? gonna, they're going to have games when they do turn it over. Because you figured as a team they'd be okay. And then they get injuries to Adam Hine, who had started to emerge as a really good running back. If they finish Harvey 10 Longy. and 2 um, with the injuries they've had and with Taysom Hill not even playing a game, that will be a phenomenal accomplishment. And it's possible. It is possible. Uh, could they go to Missouri and lose? Sure they could if they turn it over. And the thing I worry about with Missouri is, is they've been pretty solid defensively. They've been not very good offensively, but they've been solid defensively. And that's the kind of game where Missouri keeps teams close. So you have fewer possessions. So if you turn it over, now you got a chance to lose. And so that's the game that I'm really watching to say, does BYU take care of the football? Um, and they play against a team that's going to have a lot of team speed and very physical. Those are teams you turn it over against. And did you hear about Matty Mauk reinstated for Missouri at quarterback? Oh, three straight weeks of yeah. no touchdowns. <laughs> hey, Matty, hey, how you doing, Hey, come man? on back and play. <laughs> we think you've served enough. Yeah. <laughs> and our offense has been punished enough. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the team. You that's lose to Vanderbilt, that, drastic measures. Yeah, that's the, that's the team that scares you on the schedule. And I don't know what to make of Utah State. So they go out, and, and they've been playing really good defense as well. They looked fine offensively. Has anybody done a better job with backup quarterbacks the last couple of years than oh my goodness. Matt Wells in Utah State? Wild. Unbelievable. And so they go out, and when they blew Boise State out, I went, uh-oh. Utah State has arrived. They they could be the G5 They can beat. Yeah, they are, they're, they're on a roll. They're playing great. And then they went out and laid an egg, and not a golden one, a really stinky, you know, sulfury one. From the Great Salt Lake. Yes. I've been one short night smell, though. So, so now I'm just, those I, I get that whiff every once in a while. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it, was, it was a lake stink game. It was a lake effect game. And, and I just I didn't understand that. They looked so good the previous week. They're so good at linebacker. They're good defensively. It seemed like they'd found an answer at quarterback. They were moving the football. And I'm thinking, okay, there's a game. It could be a blizzard by that time of year up in mm -hmm. Logan. They've got a great home field. That's another one. But now, now that one I just don't know. I have to wait a couple more weeks because I recalibrated my thoughts on Utah State after the Boise State game, and then my calibration a, went back down. It was a peak moment. It was, it was crazy. the average. It was a peak. Yeah, that that was as big a, a jump up and jump down in two weeks as I've seen from any team in the country this year. That's BYU's uh, win at Texas last year. 
Yeah, that's true. Very true. Very similar. See, we all we all believe that that winning out is not impossible for BYU. So I'll ask you this: is is anything less than nine and three disappointing? Yeah, I, if they lose more than one, if, if, so if they lose at Missouri, or say they get that and they lose at Utah State in a snow game, and Utah State plays lights out. Nine, nine three to me is okay based on what we just talked about on what they've been through. Still really good. Yeah, I think it's I nine think it's really good. Schedule? And going to a bowl game that they could win. I, I think, think people really would have taken nine and three with Taysom. But, but at this point yeah. now, if they lose two of their last four, that would be disappointing. If they end up eight, if they end up eight and four, that's disappointing. That is disappointing. So I because would because you have a shot at yeah, another eight win if, season. If we're looking at so what's the what's the top potential? They they absolutely 11. have a chance to. To win eleven games with a bowl game, um, they they should not drop to eight. If they if they drop down to eight regular season wins, then I'm going to be disappointed, and I think everybody will be disappointed based on how they've played. When you look at uh, hoops, yesterday the preseason polls come out: BYU second in both the men and the women uh, to Gonzaga. Has the gap narrowed on the men's side with Gonzaga this season? To finally get a win up there, I think took the aura off of the Zags a little bit. But man, they're just Okay, Dranginis, uh, Karnowski, who's just at 290 pounds. Seven, who, two, seven, who in three. the country has an answer for that? So he's up front. They're just so big. I like BYU's ability to match up with them better this year. They're they're going to have to kind of rebuild their guard line. Dranginis can play the two, but you got Kyle Wiltshire playing the three at 6'10", Karnowski playing the 5 at 7'1", 290 pounds. Sabonis. Um, yeah, Sabonis at 6'11", and 250, playing the 4. You could argue best front line in America. It, absolutely. You could absolutely make a case for that being the best front Backcourt, line in the country. who knows? That's where they and, and that's where they've got to find some guys. They've got, like, all kinds of transfers that are vying for positions now, but they're so good up front. I like BYU's ability to match up now because uh, Eights is back. Am I saying that right? Eights, yeah, yes. Yeah. So Jamal's like the number back. number eight. Um, Nate Austin, um, hopefully he stays healthy for a whole year. Kafusi, you watch him make a giant leap this year. Because I thought he made a giant leap last year from the beginning season to the end. Now a whole offseason. And he's healthy. He's going to be one of the premier players in this league. I'm telling you, you watch how he develops. He's an NBA talent that has just been raw. Wow. And and then uh, – oh, and the guy guy that we hardly ever talk about is Kyle Davis. And I like BYU's guard line. I I think Emery's going to have a big impact this year. Right off the bat, Chase Fisher is going to be more consistent and better because he's going to be a you know senior and have been here. But the guy that we don't talk enough about is Kyle Davis. I was so impressed with him when he was at Utah State. He can rebound. He can score. He's a smart player. He's a leader. He's going to have an impact. So I like I like BYU's ability to match up up front better with more depth this year against the Zags than they have been in past years. And then the guard line, you know, who knows what the Zags are going to have up there. But how do you win a Championship, well, you have to beat Gonzaga. I mean, that's all there is to it. We were having this discussion, and and to follow up on your point in terms of better equipped to handle down in the post, we were talking about the fact that there's also – now Gonzaga is probably going to have to play more defense against some of these guys than they've had to in the past. They're not going to be able to just sit back and and maybe sneak out a little bit on the guard line. They're going to have to guard some of these guys, which hopefully wears them down a little bit more. Yeah, Karnowski can't just stand in the paint and not worry about an offensive threat. BYU's got guys that will take it at him. And are they going to get shots blocked? Yeah, they will. But they now can maybe get them in foul trouble. You can get Wiltshire having to go to the bench because he's going to have to help defend. 
the pressure that BYU can put offensively down inside now will make a difference um, to put pressure on Gonzaga because I think they've easily defended BYU unless BYU shooting lights out. When they're shooting lights out on the outside, they've been good in the past couple of years. Well, now you have an inside-out game. And, uh, it, and it, isn't it interesting? BYU was a perimeter-oriented team last year. And you watch because Austin and Nates were right. hurt. So now you watch this year; um, they'll be much more balanced, and they may even tip back toward being an inside-based offense where they go inside out. And BYU's always better when they're going inside, and the jump shots they're getting from the perimeter are coming from inside out, where those guys are squared up. Chase Fisher's a great shooter, but he's he's at his best if the ball's in the post. His feet are set; he's squared up. The ball comes from inside out, and he's got a great look at the basket. He knocks him down as well as anybody. Everyone shoots better um, when, when it's that way. And BYU has the opportunity to be that type of offense this year, and that could give the Zags some trouble. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation talking football, talking men's hoops. I like this year's squad as well because I think last year there was kind of this Fisher-Haas-Kyle uh, Collins dynamic where if two of those three were off, BYU was losing that game. And Chase Fisher, at times, if he wasn't on, BYU's probably losing that game or vice versa with Haas, who was rarely off. This year I feel like there's – Four or five weapons where, okay, you have a night off, you have a night off, we're okay because yeah. we have three or four dudes come back. Do you feel the same way about yeah, the balance? Yeah, I feel, I feel like balance is going to be so much better. And when you're, when you're good inside, so Collinsworth is a guy that can break defenses down and he can make things happen even if his shot's not dropping that particular night. He gets wherever he wants on the floor. He's so big and so strong. He's got a good first step. If he gets his shoulders in front of you, he's just too strong. So he's going to get into the paint. This year we'll see him distributing inside for dunks. Guys are going to rotate to help out. Instead of having to kick it back to the outside, he's either going to finish or he's going to have a little dish over to Kafusi for a slam or, or to Aits for a slam or to Davis for a slam. We're going to see a lot more easy buckets out of BYU this year by virtue of Collinsworth's ability to break down a defense. It seemed like last year he'd get into the paint, he'd draw that defense, and, and, the, and the number one choice was to kick it to the outside for a jump shot. I think we'll see a lot more balance with sometimes it'll be that, and Emery will be out there to knock it down, or Fisher will be out there to knock it down. But other times, it'll be a little shuffle pass inside, and it's going to be an easy throwdown. And those are high-percentage shots. You can see more of Blaine Fowler tonight with the guys, 8 Eastern time on After Further Review, rebroadcast at 11 Eastern as well. Blaine, nice job as always. All right, guys, good to see you in my orange shirt. <laughs> Orange-ish, orange-ish, something like that. Our Twitter question today, what does BYU need to do to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship at calm underscore spaghetti? Great name. They need a consistent, legitimate threat offensively down low. I'm planning on big improvement from Kafusi. Agreeing with Blaine Fowler. Yeah, and talk to Boyd. Scoring presence in the post brings stability and balance to the attack. Coming up, what's the chance BYU runs the table in football in November? And what's the chance George Q. Cannon is a nerf cannon next week? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 athletes. Welcome to the club. Don't forget, Cougar Tip-Off live on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app coming up Wednesday at 9 Eastern time. Your uh, second chance to see the guys after Boom Shakalaka. Check it out. That web only tomorrow night should be a lot of fun. Well done on that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. We don't have uh, the best dunkers, but uh, as Dave Rose said, that's by design. We're jump shooters. Hey, <laughs> two points is two points. Three points is greater than and three two points. points is better yeah, than two. Exactly. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's hoops picked to finish second behind Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll. Both Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher were named to the preseason team. 
Like the men's team, the women's hoop team also finished second in the WCC preseason coaches poll behind the Zags. Also had two preseason all-WCC team members, uh, Lexi Eaton-Reidolch and Kylie uh, Maeda, received the honors for the women. Bronco Mendenhall says Sione Takitaki could maybe be eligible after the winter semester if everything goes perfect. And Missouri quarterback Matty Malk reinstated for Missouri after three weeks of not scoring a touchdown. It's funny how that happens. Yeah, wild. And last night, Monday night football, Alani Fu, a former BYU Cougar and his Arizona Cardinals, get the win over the Baltimore Ravens. Very disappointing year for the Ravens, to say the least. Uh, Cardinals win this one 26-18. Uh, Alani Fu with a solo tackle in the victory for the Cards. Nicely done for the undrafted rookie to continue to be on that 53-man roster. We like to play games on this show. The next, the next game we're going to play is called What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? 100% we're going to play right now. We ask a question, we discuss, use a percentile in that answer. Number one. What's the chance BYU runs the table? I'm going with a 72% chance mm. BYU runs the table. It's well thought out, 72. Well, it's, uh, it doesn't, it's, I don't just throw these numbers out yeah. there. Yeah, this, they're not in vain. Th- th- these these were, were thought upon. Well cogitated, yes. as we like to say on this yes. program. Yes, I ponderized about these. <laughs> and 72% is what I came up with. Is Ponderize copywritten yet? I don't know. I've seen t-shirts with yeah, it. Yeah, well, drama there. Yeah. Yes, I know. Uh, but uh, the, the two wins, the, the Fresno State and the San Jose State, those, BYU is going to win those games. The only two games that we're talking about that are in question mm-hmm is the game at Arrowhead against Missouri and then the game wrapping up the regular season in Logan. I I just feel like with the struggles of Missouri, BYU's chances, and I know they've got the quarterback coming back. uh, But he stunk earlier this year. Yeah, he was not playing great. I think BYU comes into that game feeling better about their chances, even though it's it's – a, a neutral site game. I mean, we're talking 90 miles from Columbia. So I would love to have a neutral site game in uh, Cedar City for BYU, by yeah, the way. Yeah, let's try and make that happen. In St. George. I, I think BYU has a pretty good chance to run the table, but if there's going to be a slip-up, I think it's that, if it's that Missouri game. I, I really do. Utah State, obviously very good. And that game is up in Logan, so, you know, you, you just never know. I'd feel, tough. I'd feel a lot better if the game were in Provo, even yeah. though they did lose last year. Yeah. But I just feel like I feel like BYU has about a 72% chance of, of running the table. I'll, uh, I'll best you and go 78.6%. I, I feel the same way. I feel good about BYU's chances. I'm sitting in Spencer's chair, so there's a natural optimism that kind of emanates from this seat. Um, all of a sudden, I wear the blue goggles more consistently. It's really weird. I, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think BYU's got a good shot to run the table. If they lose one, not the end of the world, nine wins would be awesome. Now, ten would be better. Number two. What's the chance BYU sweeps Gonzaga in the regular season? Mm. Oh, see, this one's a tough one for me. Uh, I, I know that they split last year, which, ironically enough, BYU gets the win <laughs> the there. The road teams win. <laughs> yeah, the road teams win. That just doesn't happen. Maybe the biggest road win in program history. I, I, don't, I don't, uh, don't disagree with that. I'm going to say that it is a 47% chance. Mm, again, I'm, not, I'm not liking the chances of sweeping Gonzaga. This is still a very good team. Even though we know BYU matches up better, it's still going to be extremely difficult to beat them in Spokane two years in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I go a similar number. I'll go, I'll go 49, okay? Flip a coin. 
it's it's going to be tough. Winning in Spokane, that took an incredible effort, an incredible game, and an incredible, incredibly bad shooting performance from Gonzaga. Remember, Wilcher and Pangos were something crazy, like 4 for 22 or something. Uh, and BYU got a huge win. It got him into the NCAA tournament. I'm with you. Number three. What's the chance Remington Peck catches a TD pass before Devon Blackman? <laughs> no. See, see I, no. What, what is it with Devon not being able to get into the end zone? Well, he did. He did. But some was, rep from Boise yes. State. Uh, yeah. I just feel yeah. awful for him that he hasn't. I say from Boise State. Against Boise State. Yes. Was he, was he from? Did we know? Question mark? I'm just saying. Maybe we do a little, little in, investigative reporting on that one. We'll talk to Remington Peck, by the <laughs> way, on tomorrow's show. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm gonna give it about ninety percent because that just that just Whoa. seems to be Devon's luck. Oh, I'll go zero percent. Devon Blackman's going to catch the zero touchdown percent. Pass. There is no Listen, chance. Remington Peck might get targeted one time in the end zone. And you know the rest what? Of the season. Because Devon's had such bad luck getting in the, the end zone, touchdown. that's gonna be the touchdown. If I'm Tanner Mangum, well, it should have happened against Wagner. If I'm Doctor Bob, I'm like, we will get you a touchdown against Wagner. That was going to happen if I'm Robert and I. It didn't. Whatever. Come on. Number four. What's the chance BYU has more than two players on the postseason all-WCC team? So Collinsworth and Fisher, kind of a, a, we think both those players would be on there, or, or not. So I, more than two? I, I think there's an 80% chance. Whoa! You know what? It's and a 10-player team. An 80.1% chance. Wow. I think it's going to be Kyle Davis. I have mm. extremely high hopes for what Kyle Davis, not only because of his skill set, but what he can do and how he can fit into this offense. 80.1%. 80.1. Okay. I will go 63.6, and I'm going to put Nick Emery as that third guy on there. Emery just explodes. He's Kevin Pangos light, um, lefty version, and just goes off. He's the American version of He's, Kevin Pangos. Yes, Canadian. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. BYU hoping to have a bunch on there because if you win the league, you have several on there. Just saying. Number five. What's the chance there is a Nerf cannon in the northeast end zone next game? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 0%. Who wants – because let's be honest. Right, right now, you get the big boom. It's a cannon. It's loud. It's a literal cannon. So, so, if there's a, so is this what you want to celebrate? <laughs> because that's what you're getting. That is what you're getting if you have a Nerf cannon. Well, so, okay, if I'm on the field – and I'm by the cannon, and it's the end of the quarter, and I'm not expecting it. Yes, I want the Nerf cannon, because that thing has destroyed me many times. So what's your percent? Oh, you said zero. Zero percent yeah. chance. What percent chance? Hmm. I'll go five. More on the Nerf cannon or not coming up later, plus, plus the Photoshop <laughs> uh, solution that we came up with. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, you are 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Speaking of the cannon, the curious case of George Q. Cannon. Not the man, <laughs> the cannon. What to do with it, and what Bronco Mendenhall said about it. That's coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. Remember, if you miss the noon Eastern episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, there's a rebroadcast on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time every day.
That's right. Super Tuesday starts tonight, as you mentioned, 6 Eastern with BYU Sports Nation. Plus, last week's Inside BYU Football is at 7, followed by a brand-new edition of Inside BYU Football at 7.30. Then Brian, David, and the guys will check in on after further review at 8. What does BYU need to do to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship? That is our question for the Twitter sphere today. Use the hashtag BYUSN to weigh in on that. At, uh, let's see. You read, you read that one already? We'll I read get, that one. We'll get to it later. Uh, the curious case of George uh, Q. Cannon, okay? The, there is a cannon in the northeast end zone, and Algernon Brown got pushed by a Wagner player into that and hurt his leg. We heard the phrase laceration. I don't know if he got stitches. He came out of the game. That's an issue, but isn't an issue enough to uh, remove it? Here's Bronco Mendenhall from yesterday about that very issue. Will you petition to get that cannon removed? Petition is a subtle and, and nicer <laughs> word than, than what we're using right now. We're actually thinking of just having a Nerf gun in the corner and just, <laughs> just launch a little Nerf rocket. <laughs> so maybe a Nerf gun. And is there, a tangent, is there anything better than a media laugh? <laughs> like all of a sudden Bronco's Brian Regan. The Nerf gun. Now, realistic? No. But should there something be, uh, you know, change with this? We decided, and we decided to, you know, uh, have a, I don't know, template for this. Uh, we're problem solvers here. So we sent out a, a, a picture earlier this morning from BYU Sports Nation with the solution. Uh, nice Photoshop job by Chase Johnson on our staff. Okay. So blanket, what is it? Pillows, bubble wrap, a little teddy bear. Surround the cannon so that Algernon Brown and whoever in the future doesn't run into it. I think this is a great solution. I love the bubble wrap and I love the pillows, but I really think what what sets it apart <laughs> is the teddy bear. Yes, I, I really. You're not. Nothing bad happens with no. the, with the soft teddy bear. Correct. I mean, you could honestly, you could take the bubble wrap off, remove the pillows. If you put a soft teddy bear right in front of it, you're good. Gone. Game. No, but seriously, what should be done about George Q. Cannon? I was, I was told by someone uh, on Twitter whose uh, brother initiated the George Q. Cannon that the ROTC is supposed to stand in front at ease. Now, I, I haven't confirmed that. That's just one source. But I think that would be a solution to this if those guys were there to, I don't know, catch the guy in some way or prevent him from getting in there. Now, are they bowling pins in that instance? Probably. <laughs> with all the coming down They're there. They're putting themselves in harm's way with that. What, does something need to change with the cannon, Jason? Well, maybe maybe. Move it back a little bit, but I mean, you know, there were people get rid of the cannon. It's not like this is happening every game. I don't ever. I can't remember I don't another time. Ever remember this happening? Yeah. So I mean, I, I think we get into this where when something happens, we we kind of overblow it a little bit. The the best part about this is it does not appear that Algie Brown is significantly hurt. The bye week's coming at a good time. He's got two weeks, um, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be anything serious. That's the important part. But this isn't something that happens all the time. It's not something we see every week somebody's running into the cannon. I, it, it was just a, a, a fluke thing. And it's something that hasn't really been talked about that you mentioned. He was pushed into it. I mean, he once he scored, he was kind of in his slowdown mode mm -hmm. and then got pushed. And when he tried to plant, that's when his shoes slipped. So on I, the on the cement. On the cement. Because you go off the grass and then there is turf surrounding the field where the media and the cheerleaders and the RTC guys stand. 
and then there's cement. Once you hit that cement with those cleats, forget about it. I mean, it, I, I think it's going to be moved. Some, something's going to happen to it, but to, to get rid of it or some of the other things, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. It's not happening all the time. I cringe when I watch the video, you know, and we're showing it on BYU TV. You, you've seen it the past couple of days. It could have cr- been so much worse. Oh, he could have fractured his shin. I mean, he really could have had some damage. And, and uh, the good news is we haven't heard that there's any such damage for Algernon Brown. Another injury to a starting running back for BYU would be the worst thing ever because this is the season of injuries to the running back. But I'm with you. I, I say move that cannon back three feet. Have guys stand in front of it. Uh, these are strong guys. They did like 80 million push-ups during that game. They could handle protecting the cannon, right? The team has protected Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The ROTC guys can protect the cannon. Hashtag protect the cannon. Hashtag protect the cannon, okay? Now there's a movement. A grassroots movement for protect the cannon. There probably isn't. What? There's not. <laughs> now there is. What do you want to do with Canon? You can use hashtag BYUSN and weigh in on that. Our Twitter question, the other one today, is what does BYU need to do to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship? At Shamo says, the answer is in the question. Because there was a hashtag that said beat the Zags. You, it's very it, observant. BYU's probably got to win both against Gonzaga to have a shot at the regular season championship, you'd think. Yeah, abs- yo, absolutely. You and I were having this discussion, though, before the show started. As much as it's important to beat them in the regular season, you, you want to beat them in the WCC tournament. That, that's, that's, when it ma- that's when there's even more weight behind it. And when these teams have met, it's been in the championship game. So even let's just say you don't sweep them. You know, you, let's say you struggle with them. If, if you can muster getting the win in the tournament, all's forgiven. Because, but, and because, yeah, the timeliness of that. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's good it, things it, in timing. When those meet, boom. Big, big things happen. And for them to go, what was it, like 41? What, what was the stat? Yeah, it was 41 or 42 game win streak at home. Yeah, and, for, you know, the likelihood that BYU can do it two years in a row is, is not good. Doesn't say that it can't. I mean, I, I said, it, not only does that help BYU confidence-wise, but that plants the seed in Gonzaga's mind. Hey, it's a team that's come up here and beat us already. Yeah, they're a threat. And BYU's got confidence. So, yeah, you'd think maybe an increase BYU's chance. I don't know. Because they believe they can do it. Can you even believe that we're talking about this in terms of like the basketball season is here? Yes, I can. It's yes, eight games, baby. Let's go. Back. <laughs> Let's go with basketball. I I love hoops. I love football. I love volleyball. I love it all. It's fantastic. At Josie Elisa has a fantastic suggestion for the canon. This is Michael Elisa's brother. Has anyone suggested a little bunker type pile of sandbags? It'd look cool and be effective. Keeping with the uh, the military <laughs> theme, I like that. It. Would be amazing. That would be amazing, blue, and it's turf. Blue sandbags. Blue sandbags. This is a fantastic idea. Someone tell the ROTC. Stat. Coming up, Bronco Mendenhall and Sione Takitaki and Tyler Hawes stats from Spain will update you on that. This is BYU Sports Nation. The sandbag idea is money. Joe, that's fantastic. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU men's hoop picked to finish second behind Gonzaga in the WCC preseason coaches poll. Both Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher were named the all WCC preseason team. Women's basketball. Like the men's team, BYU women's also finished second in the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll behind Gonzaga, who they beat in the semifinals in Vegas. And also had two preseason all West Coast Conference teams as well. Lexi Eaton 
Rydalch and Kylie Maeda received on. Football. Bronco Mendenhall says linebacker Sione Takitaki could be, maybe, eligible after the winter semester if everything goes perfect. And we also found out uh, about 40 minutes ago, Missouri QB Matty Mauk has been reinstated by Mizzou. Cougars in the NFL. Alani Fua had a solo tackle on Monday Night Football in the Cardinals' 26-18 win versus the Baltimore Ravens. Cougars overseas. BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, has played three games in Spain with Jeremy. Rio Natura Mon Monbus Obradoiro CAB. See, you weren't great, and you did it so much better than I would have. <laughs> Haas is averaging uh, just under 10 points per game in 20 minutes of action. He's also shooting 67% from three. There you go. Future guest, Remington Peck, newly uh, christened BYU tight end, as well as D-lineman. John Beck. And Bronco Mendenhall will join us this week. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It goes out to the All-West Coast Conference preseason selections. Fisher, Collinsworth, Rydalch, and Maeda, leaders on these two teams. Our Twitter question, what does BYU need to do to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship? Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Today's elite tweet of the day is this. At Stanton Lissure. I don't know how to say that last name. That's how I would have said it, yeah? so well done. Oh, excellent. I'm listening to you across the street from Gonzaga at work. I cherish uh, hope that BYU basketball takes down the Zags again. Hey, uh, turn it up. Just yeah, replay just from it. the beginning and just crank it up. Yeah, so they can hear right, right across from the arena there. I, I really enjoyed going uh, to Gonzaga, by the way, last year and seeing the arena. Uh, the Marriott Center is a special place. I'll just say that. Okay, what is it? The McCarthy Athletic Center. They pack it, uh, but BYU's Marriott Center is on another level, especially this year. And have you, you would have you seen it? Yeah, the inside? I, yeah, I've seen it. Amazing. There, there's, I mean, BYU already had the nicest in the WCC, and this just takes it up a notch. The thing, the thing, and I've never been to the kennel, but I, I know that it, it's not like it's a, a fifteen or sixteen thousand seat arena. Yeah, very intimate. Yeah, uh, BYU fan. There were probably a hundred BYU fans in there. It they probably packed it. adds to the fact that kind of the intimidation and the atmosphere because it is a smaller venue that you know is packed. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And afterwards, you got to shave your head. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Hey, thanks to Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Show's on demand on BYUSN.com, even if you're in Spokane. The audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jason, nice job. Thank you. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Scott Moon. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow. Noon Eastern time. Remington Peck on the show. Bronco later this week. Spencer, take it easy, man. 